Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, close your eyes, and press play. We'll do the rest. The story's going to take your mind off of whatever keeps your mind racing at night. It's slowly going to carry you off into dreamland. If you want to find older episodes or show notes from this episode, go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments, let me know. Feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. If you want to hear bloopers from this or any other episode, go to go ahead and find us on Facebook. Tonight, another episode of Get Bessos. The tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Penny's escape from purgatory and the return to Earth for vengeance against the man who crushed their retail empires, Jif Bessos, founder of Amazon.com. Older episodes can be found at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash getbesos, G-E-T-B-E-S-O-S, or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcast. When we last left off, James Cash Penny and Hans Emmerich Gorbelli were in a part of hell I have never seen before with employees of hell that were residents of hell. Complicated stuff. They had just been surrounded by a mob of hell workers. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next, so let's get to it and find out on the next Get Bessos! hi I like that one. It's like very uh, Zorro. Antonio Banderas. I don't, I, that probably doesn't sound anything like Antonio. Get Bessos! hi So James and Gorbelli are surrounded by these hell workers, and they get carried back. They get led back into the village where the hell workers... Like the temporary village where the hell workers live. And they carry him into the town square, which has a nice fountain. It would be nice, except the fountain's dried up. And it's not really a fountain, it's just a pile of stones. But it serves as their town square. So they're in this town square. They're surrounded by what seems like every hell worker that's not on duty currently. Like a bunch of people. Everyone's scrambling and be like, hey, hey. Okay, you gotta talk to God. He'll say, James, like, okay, everybody, I just need, calm down, calm down, calm down, everyone, calm down. I, I, I need to, I need somebody to speak for all of you. You're all yelling too much. They're like, no, we believe. James, like, please, please. And then finally, this old man comes forward. So, I will speak on behalf of the town to you. Uh, James is like, well, who, who are you? He goes, oh, who I am is not important, son. I will speak for the town. Okay. We need to know more. What is this fact-finding mission from heaven? What are you here to? What facts are you here to find? James is like, well, that's a, it's top secret. As a matter of fact, I can't. Uh, right, right. This is my. Uh, this is my. This is uh, Mr. Gorbelli. I guess we cannot uh, reveal uh, why we are here. We are collecting facts on a fact-finding mission for a subcommittee of a committee uh, that reports to one of the executive committees that reports to God. So we cannot, uh, well, uh, what, 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 could you get some messages to God for us? Because we, we've, uh, 
We've changed down here in hell, and we need God to know that, and that we're sorry. And that now, more than ever, we believe. We believe, and 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 we believe we were the ones that were wrong. That our cho. Okay, okay, guy, sir, calm, calm it down. Okay, what what is it that you guys want? Well, we want we want you to take us with us to heaven, or to just talk to God. We, we, yeah, we want you to take us with us. Like, let's get out of here. Well, can't you call God and he'll open up a rift or something? Because we, we can't, we, 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 we're changed. We, we have hope. We have hope. We have, we, we really do have hope. And you can't leave us down. You can't make us go back to hell. Now that we know we've, we've been enjoying this work so much. Now that we know you, you could come down here. We always thought this was it. Heaven and hell were separate things that the the that didn't intersect at all. But now, word spread through the village, and we're trying to keep it from the from the dark lord and his minions. But but okay, buddy. Okay, well I don't even know what you're in here for. And no offense, you all look like. Well, some of you look like decent people, but I can't be vouching for you. You your people are in hell. Don't, don't you get that? You're in hell. Like, you're probably like cat killers, and and I, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't vouch for you people. Well, well can't you, ta- can't you take some of us with us? Can't, can't you free us from, from this eternal damnation? Please, please, I'm begging you. I get on my knees, sir. I can't, I can't. I'm not sure I can even be associated with you people. All right, and it's no offense. My priority is to get out of hell. We got split up from the rest of our fact-finding party, and I believe they already returned to heaven because that was part of the, this top-secret stuff I can't be telling you. And I, I, I think you people are stuck here. I, I can't speak for, speak for, like, you're, you're the ones that aren't chosen or something. And, oh, no, don't start weeping. Oh, God. And the whole village starts to weep, and they're hugging each other. And James turns to Gorbelly, um, well, uh, Gor- James turns to Gor- Gorbelly, what, what, you got to do something. Okay, um, uh, well, uh, excuse me, uh, you are residents of hell here, and you will have to return to your punishment, because your punishments are justified, and now you want to change the rules, but the rules are already been written, and I cannot help... Uh, some people get sentenced to purgatory, and I can't make any promises, but we we are fact-finding. These are facts we are finding out now. Can you tell us some facts? Okay, we need facts to find. So we're here to find some facts. So everybody, stop weeping. Yeah, yeah, you got it, Gorbelly. Yeah, you guys, stop weeping. Stop crying. What are, what, what, let's boil this down to the facts about you people belong in hell. Clear, uh. Clearly, you got here. It's no accident. I don't think they've had any hell mistrials that have been proven. So, what are the facts that you think? Oh, well, young man, I I can tell you this. I can tell you that we've, it says abandon all hope ye who enter here. But ever since we started with this work program, I'm not sure if it was 10 years ago or 200 years ago or 2,000 years ago. But ever since we started working, and that's been told. Everybody tells the tales around here. 
at night when we sit around town square here, even though it's a circle, was an oval, but it's not important. Is that we, we, we have hope now, and we bring hope back to the damned that one day possibly there's a chance you'll be pulled out of hell from your damnation, your eternal suffering, to work and do some work around hell. And then you'll be able to sleep, and we drink water, and we have some gruel, and it's it's terrifically lovely. And, and but but now we know there's something more, and now hope has already infected our hearts. And I'm not even we don't have hearts, but but we do. You see what I'm saying? Um. Oh, can you boil it down? I mean, this is a fact-finding mission, not a. Uh, you know, this that feels like more some kind of argument or something. I'm not sure. I didn't take debate, but I'm not sure. Are you present? Uh, do you have a topic sentence or something? Okay, young man. Let let me put it to you this way. Now, I I I want you to take it to the Lord or take it to your committee, your your committee, your subcommittee, and share with them what you've seen here with your eyes and with your heart. Or whatever you heavenly creatures call. How come you do? Are you angels because you don't have wings? And I still don't understand why I can't just live. No, we're he- we're kind of like minions, but the holy version of minions. Okay, okay. Well, let me ask you this in your heart of hearts. Start to think about this, young man. Is, uh, what is worse? We've been talking about this ever since the work program started. And maybe this is just some new way of torturing us, this work, this hope. Like we've, It's this hope cut both ways now that we know that heaven can come down here. And we could be rescued. Well, no, no, I never said. I said we're in a fact-finding committee. Fact-finding. We're just doing inspections, basically, plumbing, that kind of. Okay, but now we have to return to work. And it's going to be more painful in some sense to know we could be free. We, You forget. And and that's what I want you to... What, what, what could be worse? Eternal suffering, eternal damnation, it, it doesn't make any sense. You know, we've been down here, and I know maybe there was some sort of mix-up or something back in the day, but with Noah and the ark and the... Formation of hell, or when I don't know the history, but it doesn't seem like eternal suffering, self-defeating. It doesn't serve a purpose. It's forever, and but boy, there's no result. It just seems vindictive. Is eternal suffering just this permanent state? The real pain's gonna come from when you have been working, and then you go back in the first couple of days back, and you know they're rough. But you see, I can get through this. And I'm just going to steal my resolve. Whether you're in a boiling boiling pitch. Have you ever had boiling pitch on your skin? When, when your skin's like this here, we're just workers covered in a little hell dirt. You know, you, you get a little, the first day back in the boiling pitch, let me tell you, it's terrible. And they have little things that get in there like, uh, straw in the boiling pitch, and then the boiling pitch burns your flesh, and then the straw pokes you. And they have these things, uh, they call them pitch piranhas, and they'll bite off your toes, and then boiling pitch will get in the cut, and the 
but you could still feel they have this trick where you still feel your toe even though it's in the boiling piranha and then you feel your piranhas it's chewing up your toes but it's got black boiling pitch in its mouth and then it's digesting your toe and you could feel it the whole time now when you go right back from work it, it really hurts but day 10 or 11 it hurts the same amount but you forgot what it felt like to not hurt you know if 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 the good lord decides he wants to, the good lord decides the lord wants to punish us that's the lord's right but it just don't make any sense to us okay and i'm i'm a deeply religious man from i, I made some mistakes terrible terrible mistakes and i don't want, i don't even remember what that word though is the thing i know i did some bad things and I, i'm beyond sorry it's not cuz i'm suffering i don't know this yeah, I don't know if this is the road we really want to go down, sir, because this is just confusing, and it doesn't change. How, how about we're just going to boil it down to hope cuts both ways. Eternal suffering stops hurting. How, how, how's it sound for my report? Pretty good, young man, but I got to tell you, I, I'm not. I, I'm starting to lose my temper because I got a feeling you're just twiddling your fingers there like some heavenly bureaucrat, and you're going to... Go and you're just waiting to be rescued, or you're thinking up you're gonna be next thing you're gonna question thing I ask me is how am I gonna get out of here? I guarantee you. Well, actually, that was my next question. What? Well, well, we're not. I, 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 hold, hold, I just decided I'd change. I'm flipping the. I, I've changed my mind. We're we're keeping these people, ladies and gentlemen of hell, hell workers, my fellow hell workers. I don't know if I'm gonna go back to work in five minutes or five years. I don't know if I'm going to go back to my, my lake of boiling pitch in five minutes or five years and face those pitch piranhas, but we're going to keep these people as hostages from heaven. And and we're, we're, we're going to hold you here, and we're going to see if your fact-finding committee comes and looks for you. And if not, you're going to have to live like us. And what, how's that fix you? How's that serve you, young man? Well, uh, uh, <clears throat> could I pipe in, please? I'm a, I'm a handsome gore belly here, and... I, I don't know. Let's not get to a rash because you might make God even madder and then maybe give you more hope and take the hope away and cut you like you're saying. Let's not... We don't need no hostages. We don't... Yeah, okay, Hans, calm down. Yes, sir. I don't I don't know if you... You, you don't need hostages. This, this is my supervisor here. So he's... He's... Oh, no, I'm not... So, we equal guys, right? No, no. He's my supervisor. That's why he's remained silent. I'm just a spokesperson, like a PR person. And I take down the notes and I do the asking of the questions. He's the brains. I mean, he, he's the brains of the operation, clearly. Oh, yes, young man. Clearly you're not. You're just a little pretty face man. And this here, he, he's a lumberjack, but I could tell he's in, he's in a, some sort of heavenly disguise. So he's my supervisor. So why don't you do this? Why don't you... Well, you keep him as a hostage. That's fine. And and I would not trust him because I don't. And I, you could keep him. And then why don't you guys drop a list of demands for heaven? We'll, we'll, we'll do a little negotiation here. And I'll bring him up to, up to my subcommittee. Make a list of stuff like this hope cutting both ways. And I guess you guys are really helping me do my job to fact find in this mission. So why don't you guys get together and I'll talk to my supervisor and calm him down because right now he's turning red. And you guys go ahead and bring me 
you know, some scrolls or I don't know how you do stuff in hell. Some envelope. Do you have envelopes or, or tablets, whatever it is, and I will bring those to my committee and we'll submit them up up the chain of command and see if we can get some of the demands in hell met for these hell workers. How's that sound, supervisor? And the supervisor's not going to like it. Oh no, no, this is not good. This is no good. You cannot. You could, this will not stand with the committees and the subcommittees. We will have to take uh, action and. It will be military and uh, paramilitary and uh, you know. See, you're going to get action because he's worried and he's way. This guy's big time in heaven. He's big time. Hans Zimmer Gorbelli, you might have heard of him. Gorbelli, you know. So he, uh, what the, oh, my friend, I remember my days on earth now a bit because didn't your jerky treats uh, kill 14 children? And you still, you work in heaven now, and I work in hell? My goodness, that's not, does not seem fair. Is that the same, are you the same Gorbelli you were in World War I, I believe? I do believe that is true. And you were, you, you, they said you were using, uh, what was it? Uh, were you, you were using some sort of horse mixed with, Okay, that was uh, not me. That was a person who worked for me because I was I had turned over the corporation to a, a shadow corporation. So I have no liability, and that's how I get into heaven, bro. I'm, but you guys gonna mess with me? You know, sure you'll be in hell. You're gonna be in worse than hell. Okay, let's everybody calm down here. Let's we're gonna take a break. You guys go off and meet. Come with all your demands. Anything you want. You want an ice cream stand down here or whatever. Don't, 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 you know, prioritize them, but, but don't hold anything back. You got a few minutes because I need to get out of here and you can keep my supervisor captive. All right. So all the hell people, they go off to a corner of the town square and they start meeting and everything. And then Hans is like, grabs Jane. What are you doing, man? You, you, you listen, Gorbelli, you better pipe down. I know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't buy the story you were telling me earlier about making Hal into some retirement commute. Whatever. I don't trust you, so I'm gonna leave you here. Obviously, you don't want to be here. And if this is, if, you know, maybe the devil's gonna find you and find out what you're up to first. You could tell me now, or oh no, I can't. I can't tell you the truth. I mean, I told you the truth, bro. So, so I can't tell you any more than the truth. I can't do more than that. Okay, well, I can't get you out anyway. So I I have to come back, clearly, because I gave these people my word. Oh, jeez, I gave them my word. But you stay here, and if you're up to no good, you're already in the right place, okay? So I'm going to get to the bottom of your plans, whatever they are. There's no plan, man. You're overreacting. You're thinking like your buddy that... You know, this whole Bessoff thing, like he's some bad guy. He's just a businessman. I just a business. I a war hero, bro. War hero. I told you this many times. Okay? And I also have a charity called, uh, we call it Pops for Pups. If you buy a hot dog, we would give a hot. Oh, no. No, that was Pups. Made of Pups. That was a, that was supposed to be confidential. Shoot. No, I, I have a charity, though. I can't remember what it was, but. You know, you can't leave me down here in hell. I, I'm, my throat's so dry. My throat is dry, and and I, I don't like this. And I don't. I, what if the devil come, man? 
And then the people from hell, they come back. People in hell, people get to points a lot quicker because they never know when they're going to go back to eternal suffering and damnation. So they come back, they have some scrolls all tied up. They give them to James. My son, my son, we have, these are our, we don't even have demands. We just have considerations we'd like you to, you pass along. And and, in the spirit, we just, I just, I don't want to get into any debates anymore about hell and heaven and and any sort of worthiness and stuff. It just don't seem right. That's all I'm asking. I'm asking you and the other angels, and look in your hearts or whatever you have there, and think about, you could go ahead and tell, I'm sure that the people in heaven know about the pitch piranhas, because, again, I'm in the boiling pitch. And not only are there straws, but there's sand and ants and and other things like when the pitch in the wounds, they don't heal. And then the, then what they'll do is they'll start to heal, and then the pitch will get back in and burn it. And, you know, you ever had pitch on your eyeballs, son? And then, the, oh, it's terrible. So just tell them about the pitch piranhas. And everywhere, there's stuff like that. I would tell the stories at night. And, and then we stopped about how, again, I don't know if it was a couple of days ago or a couple of mill, millennia ago, but because it's just too terrible, I don't want to know what anybody else is going through down here. And I try to forget. I try, okay? So can, can, can you just take these considerations to your committee and, and see if you can get them in the hands of the right person? I'll tell you what, I'm going to do the best I can. Now, like I said, we got split up from... The rest of our fact-finding mission. But this is interesting facts. This is good stuff. I'm gonna. I promise you. Um, I will do the best I can. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You don't know what it means. And and James. It, it just so you know, it's me. It's your dad. Your dad. And I know I was. I, I wasn't the best. And I preached. And I preached. A harsh hand, and I made many a many a mistake, James. But uh, I'm terribly sorry for you, and and I can't I can't I can't I can't I can't go on anymore. I just want you to forget it that you saw me here, okay? And I know I love you, man, okay, James. It's me, your daddy. Give me give me a little bit of a hug, and they hug. James still doesn't know if it's like just a. An honest moment. I mean, he's struck. He, his breath's taken away, kind of as mine has. And they hug, and, and both their eyes missed up, as much as your eyes can mist up down there. And, and James is kind of quiet. He says, okay, I don't know if you're really my dad or not, but I'm sorry you're down here. And I was wrong for calling you guys sickos or perverts. Or whatever I said, because I was thinking a lot of bad stuff that I was trying not to say about all you people down here. And I'm sorry, too. I can see you're suffering. So I'll, I'll do the best I can with these considerations. But now i got to figure out how to get out of here and get out of hell. And can you... Well, there's no escape we know, but we're thinking while we're writing the considerations of where... What you want to do is get back to the ferries. And maybe you could sneak on a ferry or take a ferry or something across Sharon. But how, we were thinking, how how would this young man get to the ferry? And the best we could tell you is, what, what we're thinking is that, um, 
don't know if you're familiar with Garon. Well, I guess you're not you're being in hell, but Garon is is the monster fraud, and he he'll fly through here, she'll fly fly through here. It's a beast with like a man's face and lion's paws and dragon with scorpion tail, but it also hates poetry. It hates poets, and occasionally someone will be relaxing after work, sitting around. And they always forget the new people, and they'll start to say a poem or a rhyme. And then you'll hear this terrible, terrible cry, and Garon will rise out of the, out of somewhere, some seventh or sixth. Of, you'd have to ask around where any poets that have quit poetry that are here, but it'll come and it'll swoop down, and it'll take the poetry thinker, talker, sweep down, and sting him with his tail and such so if you could if you could stand isolated out in there and, and right when it comes to strike maybe you could hop on its back and and then try to ride it out up we're pretty sure you could you know if you, you, you might you know you could get it to take you the the ferry docks maybe okay um uh okay so why don't you guys all well, okay. Great. Oh, yes. Uh, why don't you uh, call up this beast with the uh, the poisonous tail, James, and go ahead and do that while I uh, stay here. I'll just be uh, relaxing, not thinking in rhymes at any times, because I will just be hiding here while you get hurt. Okay, well, just everybody go hide. Okay. Whew. So James... Everybody retreats into their things, and James goes out to the most isolated part of this part of hell, and starts to think, uh, "Whoo, poetry! I was never good at poetry, so I opened, you know, became a shopkeep." Ah, Angela, phoenix of my heart, rising up uh, with my joy. Your tongue like a tongue of fire on mine. And all of a sudden he is terrible. Like a call. And then James is um, And you dance the dance of the blackfish. Like swimming through pods in the sea. And the dew drips off your lips. Like a temperate rainforest. Like dew on a deciduous tree. My lips kiss yours. Angela, but you are not prickly like the pines, but soft like the moss that dots the earth that I walk upon, and then it gets louder. And yes, we stood on that cliff overlooking the sea, and we saw each other across that thing. It almost sounds like the beast that's yelling is also suffering from the terrible poetry or trying like torn and then James keeps going you know. and I drove away and then saw you again after we found out about the free soda which bubbled in my heart and bubbled in my soul and then your ear opened up a portal and then he's hearing all this crumbling rock and cl- snapping of wings and he sees it, and it's got the face of a man and lion's paws and dragon's wings and tail. 
and just sweeping around, circling him. But James is like, okay, I have a Biden here in the horn, horn Jethro, but I don't really want to, you know, I need to ride this thing. So, and then he's like, oh, wait a second, I forgot I also have a, a pocket full of slush that I already, okay, okay. so he's got, comes up with a plan. And then he keeps going, Angela, oh, Angela, I know you know I know. You do and I do not know. And then finally the, the gray gear on or whatever sweeps down. James is pretty spry, as we've said in the past. So he sweeps out of the way, jumps on the beast's back in one fell swoop, sticks the Biden in, in between the, the beast's wings. And like grabs the beast by one of its its uh, ears and, and he's throwing around. And it's like a little bit of an action sequence, but this isn't an action. This is a, a boring podcast. But he's getting thrown and then he's rubbing, rubs the beast's eyes with the slush. So the beast goes blind. And then he's guiding it and he's whispering. And then James is like, okay, wait a second. And you could tell that he tries with bad poetry and the beast tries to shake him. And then he tries. He says, how about no poetry? I'm not a poet. He says, oh, I'm not a poet, and I don't. You just try to soothe it like a, like an animal. Even though it has the face of a man and lion's paws. But he says, take me, take me the fairy. And then it shakes his head, no. Or I'll make you so merry, and we'll go see Terry, and then I'll see Larry, and then I'll talk about Jerry. Berries we will eat, and then the beast shakes him. So anytime the beast won't listen, he just starts rhyming. And then if the beast really, a couple times, it really tries to shake him off, he does more love poetry, which is terrible. And then the beast lands him at the end of the ferry docks, and James sneaks in. It's just, it's quite an operation. These ferries that are coming in across the river sticks or or whatever, dropping people off, and it's, the people are getting unloaded off the ferries. Much much bigger operation than than in uh, Clash of the Titans or anything like that. You know, not just like one individual. I mean, maybe rich people get their own boat. This might be kind of middle class, lower middle class, general general boarding. So James is waiting, and the ferries kind of fit about. Well, I don't even know how many people because they're in kind of the spirit form and they're drifting off. But James waits and he hides in a bush and there's you know the dudes overseeing it that are you know they might be scary but i'm not going to say they're scary because this isn't a scary part of the podcast but and then james runs hops in a ferry steals it busts the other side of the river and everyone's like looking around but they're so they're pretty busy and by the time they react they they go to send the they see uh Greron or whatever they they said, and he's like, no way, man. That guy's a terrible poet. I'm going to go catch me, you know, easy mark. And they sent out some kind of red alert, but James is back. And then he's like, man, I don't know what, what's, he's driving this ferry. He's like, okay, what's the next step to get out of hell? He's like, I guess I got to, and he sees death, you know, death straight out of the movie's death and the black coat, skeleton, the scythe or the, thresher whatever you want to call that thing jig is standing there he's like okay i guess i gotta cheat death and he sees that death's got some board games and 
He's playing board games with some of the fairy men. Must you know? Must be. I don't know if they're gambling or just playing. You know, for pride. But right now, they're, it looks like they're playing some kind of version of shoots and ladders, but a little more complicated. And then James comes, and the fairy guys look at him. And James pulls out the Biden and the and the Hornet Jethro, and he tells him to bust it out. Hey, hey, I got business here with Death. And Death looks at James, and Death doesn't say, you know, Death doesn't, Death's not a talker, as we should, popular culture has taught us. And James is like, so you play games, huh? It's like, I guess I have to, you know, beat you or cheat you. Death just shakes his head. It's like, well, I, I need to return, return to, return to the world. Death waves its bony hand over the games. They kind of choose, and James is like, kind of like, huh, like, Oof, uh, looks at the games and not chess, no good. A lot of the other games he, did, he knows, like, you know, Monopoly. There's got to be some, if you played Monopoly a bunch of times, you probably figured out some strategy that you're going to win the majority of the time. Like, most people play Monopoly once every three years. James, maybe he's never even played Monopoly. He looks through board games, he's like, okay, the odds of winning these are not good. He doesn't see a way to get, he doesn't know where the next step out is, so he can't just run by. And so he's like, huh. He goes, so I choose, right? And Death shakes its head. James is like, yeah, truth or dare? How about truth or dare? And Death kind of looks at him, considers it, kind of nods, like thinking. Kind of does a shrug of the shoulders and says, all right, and points at James. James is like, okay, so truth or dare for me? Death nods, and James says, truth. And then Death nods again, and he waves down to two tree trunks. He's like, let's have a seat. And then James is like, well, how's this going to work since Death doesn't really talk? And Death just kind of points at Santa James, like, go ahead. And James like, okay, truth or dare, eh? Well, how about the truth, James? He was like, uh, I escaped purgatory. Uh, I snuck into hell. I need to get out of here right now. And I, I've been I've been down there. He's like, it's awful down there. And I got a list of stuff I got to get to heaven. I lied to people and I, I lied to people in hell that uh, that I would I, that I would help him. And I guess I should because what has been killing me is this guy. I don't know if he was telling the truth or not. Suddenly, it's my father, and. You know, I first started out my, my business. I don't know if you know me, Death, but I'm James Cash Penny, founder of uh, J.C. Penny's. I don't know. You, you only use that one outfit, so, you know, I don't know if you do it. I'm just kidding. Okay, you're not here for jokes, huh? And, but before I start, I started the first stores, I started with the Golden Rule stores. And if anything this trip's taught me is that I've kind of forgotten about the Golden Rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you or some you know you could paraphrase it however you want i mean i guess for you death you don't you just look i don't know i can't i can't criticize you but i haven't been living that way and to be honest i just now i feel like i have to get this message to these people and there's this guy left down there with them and that part of me thinks he's a bad guy but i can't just leave him down there and abandon him 
and also my best friends in heaven trying to exact vengeance on this human. And I promised him I'd help him. And that kind of, that's like one of those golden rules. I kind of can't, it's like, should I do unto my friend and help him? Or So I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm in a pickle here and I'm confused and I'm really up to no good. And on top of that, I, my gut is eating at me about this, what I've seen today, the past couple of days. And I honestly think I not only got it, I, I, I'd like to figure out a way to talk to God. I'd like to figure out a way to talk to the devil. Like, cause I gotta, I gotta get everybody on the same page here and figure out what's going on. I mean, did you know there's workers down there that they get pulled out? It doesn't see, I think something else is going on. But for right now, I, I, yeah, I don't know what to do because I'm in love too with this woman and I, I'd pulled Mother Nature out of her ear. It's complicated stuff. And tried to save her and seal up, save Mother Nature and save the humans. And I, I know that probably isn't, I mean, that was definitely a golden rule action. But I guess if you're doing it because you like a girl, that might not be good. If that's like as much of a golden rule. And uh, so, like, uh, and her name's Angela, by the way. She's great. Her Angela Bessos. And she's got, she's just like got these eyes. And you, you know, I mean, a lot of people talk about women and attractiveness, right? And between you and me, there's a lot of things about beautiful women. But it's not just about like their face or their looks. It's it's a lot more than that. And I think you know what I'm saying. It's like, it's like the way they stand. You ever notice like, I don't know if that's like, it might be the first thing I notice. And it's like some subconscious part of me up on their like posture the way they hold themselves and I, i'm not even aware of it but it's like you know like when you see someone from the side or behind you you're like wow your your heart's already pitter-pattering before you even see their face and then most of the time almost all the time it's like oh wow and that's what happened with this angela I saw her down in the dark but i was already and i realized this is probably like yeah i've already lived my human life so Escaping from purgatory and falling in love is definitely... I, so there's a lot going on. So I just got to get out of hell for now. And then I'm probably going to have to get into heaven, sneak back into hell, unless you want to let me in. And I mean, you really can't do anything with me because I'm not really... Technically, I'm not alive. And and then James looks down and he realizes that death is asleep. And that James is boarded. Death's asleep with his talk about his and that analysis of the golden rule and how it applies to this story which i'm not even sure if he's applying it correctly or not and but i mean that's what J james is man he's trying to so he sees death and then he's like okay if death falls asleep during truth or there that must mean at one and uh then he looks ahead and he sees uh a kind of magical mirror like doorway appear and he's like huh it's like, wouldn't this be convenient? But it would be right that since I won, this would go somewhere at least near Washington State or to the office of the devil or to God or whatever subcommittee because I got I to gotta start knocking these things out. I got I to gotta make things right. Because if that guy was my dad, I, I, I don't know if I... Whew, I mean, that shakes me to the bone thinking about him being in hell and I can't leave... As much as I don't trust Gorbelli, I can't leave him down there. I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not one to th 
throw off the whole metaphysical balance of the universe or philosophical and moral underpinnings. But So James is in a quandary, and he steps through the doorway in the midst of this quandary. But he's, I think he's going to use the golden rule to guide him. And I don't know if the golden rule applies to demigods and gods and, and post-human life or not, but we'll, we'll find out on the next episode. So thanks for listening. Hopefully I bored you to sleep without creeping you or scaring you. I tried. And I don't, I don't want to lay anything too heavy if you're still listening of philosophy or religiosity or stuff like that. It's just, just you know. Just these characters and the story. I'm just just along for the ride just like you. And I hope you get a good night's sleep. And don't let me stress you out. You know, we can't. We all try to live by to do the best we can. And there's really nothing to fear. Because if you listen to my voice, you know one person. Strange as this is. You know, I, 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 I sat down to record this podcast to help you. And I don't even know you. But I know you're having trouble sleeping. And I might not even be helping you. And it might not do anybody any good, the fact that I'm doing this. And yeah, part of me wants to become rich and have a subconscious army of followers that I can record the podcast and have you do my bidding. But also part of me wants to help. So at least part of me is trying to help part of you. And I know part of you is like that too. Not the greedy part of me. Or the evil part of me, but the nice... I don't know if I have any nice parts. I, I think I'm giving myself too too much credit. But the important thing is that I understand that it, it, what it's like to sleep at night. I just want you to know it's going to be okay. And that there are people that know you. That they might not understand why you can't sleep. Or they might not be able to tell you. It might not even seem like they're... A lot of times I, I'm lonely. I don't, I'm like, nobody cares about me. But then I'm like... Well, that's not true, okay? But I'm just here hoping that I help you a little bit, just help you fall asleep a little bit, because I know you're going through a lot, and I just hope in some small way I made any kind of impact other than trying to convince you to be part of my dark army of subconsciously trained minions, all right? So I hope you get a good night's sleep. Good night.